Welcome to Beaver Lodge Alliance's sermon podcast. We're so glad to join you. This is the latest sermon. We pray that you would receive encouragement, exhortation, and that Jesus would speak to you through this sermon. Enjoy. Good morning. Oh, am I on? I'm on? Okay. It's a lot quieter up here than out there, so... Well, good morning. Um, as, we, as we get started, I got another question for everybody to kind of ponder and consider. So has anyone ever told you a story about something that happened to them, and it just seemed that it was really far-fetched and not entirely something that actually happened? you like, they're coming up to you telling you something that's happened, and you're like, mm, it's possible that that happened, but I don't actually think that happened. I have, uh, I have one friend back from Stony Plain, and he loved to tell me a bunch of different stories. And I remember one time he came up to me and he was like, man, I was just at work and you won't believe what just happened. So he worked uh, in St. Albert at a motocross store because that was like something that he did ton. And he was like, you won't believe who came into the store today. I was like, you're right, I probably won't. Um, but tell me anyways. <laughs> he was like, the, the rapper Black Bear came in. And like, for him, so he is huge into rap. And this one rapper is from somewhere in the States, don't know where. So why he would be up in St. Albert, I don't know. But he was like, he came in and he was like telling me like, oh yeah, like if you're ever doing music or anything, you can give me a call and like told me what his real name was because Black Bear is his alias. And I was like, man, you know, like, I guess it's possible that this guy came in, but chances of him coming in and just picking a random person in the store and being like, hey, if you make music, let me know. And also, here's my real name. I was like, I don't, I don't think that's entirely real. So this morning is our last uh, week in our series called Let's Dance. And we're looking at the different persons of the Trinity. Uh, so if you missed a week during this series, uh, I would encourage you to go onto our YouTube channel and take a listen to the past weeks because Greg and Amy have both done a fantastic job with this series. Um, so we've looked at all three persons of the Trinity, who they are, how we interact with them, and potential things that might hold us back uh, from interacting with each different aspect of the Trinity. And this morning, we're going to be closing the series by looking at what's preventing us uh, from experiencing and interacting with the Holy Spirit. So to start off this morning, I want to talk about some unrealistic expectations that some people might have when encountering the Holy Spirit. So the first unrealistic expectation uh, is that the Holy Spirit is that when the Holy Spirit falls upon us, that you're going to be that you're going to fall down and that you're going to be pushed backwards. So, how many of you guys have seen uh, the videos that have circled around the internet for the past number of years, where people are going up to the pastor and they get touched and immediately fall down, or the pastor waves their hand and everybody in that section falls backwards? How many of you guys have seen videos like that? Not as many people as I thought. Um, but those are videos that have, that have gone around. And this would be a very unrealistic expectation that if you're touched by the pastor or they wave their hand or that you encounter the Holy Spirit, you're going to fall down. That's an unrealistic expectation that that'll happen every time. So now I'm not saying that when you fall down, that uh, when you encounter the Holy Spirit, and that it's not necessarily unrealistic that you won't fall down. That is something that, that can happen. Um, I know Pastor Amy has ex experienced it firsthand. Pastor Greg has probably experienced that firsthand sometime. I personally haven't, 
but I know that it's something that people have experienced. There are a couple instances in the Bible where people have fallen down uh, to the ground when they encounter either God or angels. Uh, so one of these examples is from Revelation 1.17. Uh, so I'm going to read a couple passages before that and then also verse 17. So it says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in the furnace, and his voice was like a sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and, count, and coming out of his hand was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like, was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. So in this passage, John receives a vision of what Christ looks like, and he immediately falls down when he sees what Christ looked like. And this isn't the only instance in the Bible that people have fallen to the ground with an experience of the divine. In Joshua 5.14, Joshua encounters an angel and falls face down to the ground in front of them as well. In Daniel 10 verse 9, Daniel falls asleep face down when he had a vision of God. So he received a vision of God and fell face down. Being slain in the spirit and falling to the ground in and of itself isn't necessarily an unrealistic uh, thing that can happen when encountering the spirit. But it's an unrealistic expectation that all people who are present will fall to the ground because of this encounter. If you were to look more in depth at the story of Daniel, there were other people present when he had that vision, yet Daniel was the only one who actually fell face down to the ground. Not everybody there and not everybody who was encountering the spirit at that time fell face down. Does that make sense? You guys are tracking? So second unrealistic expectation that some people might have about encountering the Holy Spirit is that you'll start to speak in tongues the moment that you, be, or you'll have the ability to speak in tongues when you have the Spirit. So now this is, this is more so an expectation set by some of the more extreme uh, Pentecostal churches, but they have tried to push that um, they have tried to push that if you have received the Holy Spirit, then you have the ability to speak in tongues, and that if you can't speak in tongues, you haven't actually had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So this view came into being because of how uh, certain leaders of the church uh, saw the verses from Acts 10, Acts 2, and Acts 19. Uh, these were all viewed as times uh, that people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then as soon as they all received the Holy Spirit, mass groups of people began speaking in tongues. So because these two things happened one after another, the conclusion was then drawn that if you receive the Holy Spirit ever, then you should be able to speak in tongues. And that that's going to happen to everybody because of these three instances. And again, this is an unrealistic expectation for encountering the Holy Spirit and can actually be damaging for some people. So it's unrealistic unreal because although speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift that people can receive, it is something that is real. It isn't necessarily something that all people receive. It's like the analogy of all people being parts, different parts of the body. But if everybody is the same part and has the same function, 
then the body isn't complete and won't work properly. If all of us receive the gift of speaking in tongues, we're all the same body piece and we won't be able to function as the full body of Christ. So Paul in the, uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians says that different people will receive different gifts and that not all people will receive the same gift. So even in this room, I know that there's lots of people in this room, if not everybody, has received the Holy Spirit at one point or another. And I can guarantee that not everybody is speaking in tongues. I myself can't speak in tongues. I, I have asked for the gift, never got it. I think I'd be a little bit scared if I got the gift, not going to lie. Still kind of want it, though. Um, but uh, also a minute ago, I said that uh, thinking this way that everybody has to receive the gift of tongues can be damaging. And this can be damaging for people because it could lead them to think that if they aren't speaking in tongues, that they don't have the Holy Spirit in their lives, or that something might just be straight up wrong with them. I had a friend in university who grew up in a church uh, that thought this way, that if you have the Holy Spirit, you have to speak in tongues. And when they got older, they had to walk through a healing process because they were always told that they had to speak in tongues. And for them they knew that they had encountered the Holy Spirit when they were younger. They knew very, very clearly that they had encountered the Holy Spirit. But they didn't receive the gift of speaking in tongues. So for them, they felt like they had to fake speaking in tongues so that the other people in the church actually believed that they had received the Holy Spirit. And that can be damaging because then you're trying to put on a face and try and make others believe you when you yourself already know what's true. So the third unrealistic expectation uh, that some people might have about encountering the Holy Spirit is that you'll cry each time you have a new encounter. Having an encounter with the Holy Spirit can be a very emotional experience. You're having an experience with God when you encounter the Holy Spirit. So there would be some emotion tied to that. It wouldn't be something that, you, that happens and you're just standing there being like, yeah, okay, this is happening. No, it's, it's going to bring up some emotions. But just like the other two realistic expectations uh, that we've talked about, being brought to tears isn't going to happen every single time. It might happen every now and then, but you might also encounter other emotions. Or the, the way that those emotions are being expressed is in a different manner than through tears. So I remember one time... Um, won't, won't make the story too long, but uh, I was at LYC and had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and just said, I'm taking away your depression and filling you with joy. And for me, I wasn't brought to tears with that. I literally just could not stop smiling for at least the next four hours. It, I, I felt like an idiot because of how much I was smiling and just like could not stop. But in that encounter, I was like, I know that the Holy Spirit just touched my life, but it wasn't something that was in tears. Yes, tears can happen, tears of joy, tears of sadness, whatever it might be, but tears won't happen every single time you encounter the Holy Spirit. So if these are some of the unrealistic expectations of what it might look like when you encounter the Holy Spirit, what are some ways that you might actually encounter the Holy Spirit? And also I want to clarify that the things that I did mention can happen, but it's unrealistic in the context um, that everybody will experience those things every single time they encounter the Holy Spirit. So some of the ways that we can encounter the Holy Spirit uh, is through the gift of, gifts of the Spirit. 
if we had an experience with the Holy Spirit, we can expect to have at least one of the gifts of the Spirit in our lives. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, give us a list of the different gifts. Some of them are wisdom, knowledge, healing, miraculous power, prophecy, distinguish between spirits, different, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, service, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, and mercy. These are all things that we can expect to have in our lives if we have the Holy Spirit. Each of us, if we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, will have at least one of these things. And some other ways that we can encounter the Holy Spirit would be from 2 Corinthians 3.17. It says that where the Spirit is, there will be freedom. Acts 1.8 and Romans 8.11 both say that we will receive power from the Spirit. Joel 2.28 and Acts 2.17 say that we will have dreams and we will have visions. John 10 verses 1 to 6 says that we will hear the voice of God because we are his shape. We will, hear his, we will hear his voice through prayer, reading the Bible, through the community of faith, strong desires, physical or an audible voice, dreams and visions, convictions of the Spirit, words of knowledge, revelation, prophecy, through creation, through God's creation, and through our own circumstances. 1 John 4 says that we will know love and have no fear in that love. We will receive the fruit of the Spirit like Pastor Gray talked about last week from Galatians 5. And we will receive wisdom and revelation. And we will have assurance of our own salvation. These are all ways that we interact and experience the Holy Spirit. And there's, more, and there's likely more that I haven't mentioned and they're all fantastic things. Jesus wants to encounter us. And when we truly have the Holy Spirit, these are all the things that point to evidence of having the Spirit. And some of you might not have, might not have experienced any of these things in your life because there's something that's holding you back from fully experiencing the Holy Spirit. And you might be thinking to yourself, I know that the Holy Spirit exists and works, but I'm not sure if I've ever actually experienced it, and I don't know why. So we're going to dive into that now. So what's preventing you from experiencing the Holy Spirit? Before we really dive into this, uh, I want to share a little bit about my journey from Holy Spirit Encounter, uh, specific, yeah, from about, about a year ago. Um, so as most of you guys know by now, I grew up in church, I grew up going every Sunday, um, and the church that I went to, they did talk about the Holy Spirit every now and then, uh, but it wasn't really the biggest focus in our church. I believe that the Holy Spirit can and does do miraculous things, but I didn't really see any of that in my church. By this I mean things like deliverance sessions or healings or, spiritual, or certain spiritual gifts like speaking in tongues or prophesying or, over others. So when I went to Holy Spirit Encounter, um, I went into it thinking that I had a decent idea as to what it might look like uh, to encounter the Holy Spirit, and I thought that I was open to what the Spirit can and what can do and what that might actually look like to different people. And as, as, I, encount- as I was there, I realized that I was totally wrong. It's hard to put it into words what it looked like exactly, uh, but the main thing for, is the, for me is the doubt 
uh, of people being genuine when saying that the Spirit is talking to them and discounting it as simply something that the, that the person uh, thinks is good to say and is passionate about. So one such example uh, from the weekend is one lady went up onto the stage to share what she felt like the Spirit was saying to her. It was something along the lines about how magnificent heaven is going to be and that there was no reason for us to have tears at all because there, wasn't gonna be, there isn't going to be any tears uh, in heaven, so we don't need to have any tears here on earth. But as she was up there saying that, she had tears streaming down her face. And I, I instantly just started thinking to myself, so if what you're saying is that we don't need to cry because we have heaven and there's no tears in heaven, then why are you crying? You literally just said we don't need to cry. Isn't that just a contradiction to what you're currently saying? Because you're currently saying we don't need this, but you're actively doing this. And in that moment, I actually started to realize that maybe I'm not as open to the Spirit talking and others sharing what the Spirit is actually saying to them as much as I thought that I was. Maybe I'm actually still really uncomfortable with the Spirit speaking that I'd rather judge what other people are saying instead. This immediately made me start to think through how I felt about things to do with the Holy Spirit and how I needed to shift my focus. I had something that was preventing me from having a true encounter with the Holy Spirit because the way that I thought that the Holy Spirit should work. I wanted to put God into a box of like, this is the way that you're going to work and this is the way that you're going to work for me. And if other people say that you're working other ways, Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Chances are you're not because that's not the way that I see you work. That's, that's how I was originally thinking, and I realized I actually had something that I need to give up. So one of the biggest ways that we can interact with the Holy Spirit is by Him speaking to us. While I was at Holy Spirit Encounter, they talked a bunch about uh, different doors that hold us back from hearing the Holy Spirit, and I think they can apply from, to maybe a little bit more than just hearing the Holy Spirit but they can apply to uh, preventing the Holy Spirit moving in our lives as a whole. Um, So a bunch of these doors, the first door that they talked about uh, was the door of unbelief. The door to the Holy Spirit, so this door is the door to the Holy Spirit that has been closed because you might believe that there isn't actually a door there to be opened, that the Holy Spirit will do as it wants, but we need to, but in reality, we need to actually invite Holy Spirit in. He doesn't come unless we're invited in. So it's unbelief that, uh, that you actually have to accept the Holy Spirit. Door number two uh, was the who me factor. And this is the door that, the person, that a person closes because of a personal belief that that specific door is not for them. And for me, as we went through Holy Spirit encounter, this was the door that I realized that I had closed. I had gone to Holy Spirit and closed the door being like, nope, this isn't for me. This might be for all of these other people, but this isn't how you work for me. And I close that door, not letting Holy Spirit come and work. The third is unrepented sin. The door that has been locked because you don't want to give up the sin in your life or admit that you're living in sin. We close that door off to the Holy Spirit because there's something that we want to hold on to, whether it's because that sin is actually something that's comforting to us or it's something that we don't actually want to admit out loud is something that we're struggling with. So we close that door to Holy Spirit because we want to hold tight to that sin. 
The fourth door is things that have things that you have said against how the spirit speak how the spirit and how God speaks. This is a door that you intentionally close because you don't think that the Holy Spirit speaks and moves in specific ways. You've been told you might have been told, hey, this is how Holy Spirit speaks. This is potential ways that you might hear the Holy Spirit. And you've spoken against that of being like, nope. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. That's not how this works. And you've spoken against God on those things. Another way, another door is having a hardened heart. This is where you're basically holding the door shut because you just flat out don't want the Holy Spirit to move for one reason or another. This is likely from a place of previous trauma or from hurt in your own life. Another door is the door of fear being afraid of what's on the other side of that door. How will the Holy Spirit move once that door is open is a question that you might be pondering to yourself and afraid to have answered. Another door is a lack of trust, not being sure that the whole, what the Holy Spirit will do once that door is open or that the Holy Spirit will actually have your best interest at heart. You're not, you're not sure if you can actually trust that what's going to happen is going to be something that benefits you. Another door is you've been told that the Holy Spirit doesn't move. You've been told that there actually isn't a door because the Holy Spirit doesn't work in us the way that uh, the Bible says the Holy Spirit moves. Another is that you didn't actually know that the Holy Spirit moves. You might not have known that there was a door that needed to be opened. You might have known, yeah, I know, I know who Jesus is, I know who God is, but you never really actually knew who the Holy Spirit was, so you didn't actually know that there was another door that needed to be opened. Another door is other unforgiveness. This goes with the mindset of, I will listen when it's convenient for me, or the Holy Spirit moves in a way that I was already planning on going. Another door is the door of busyness. The mindset of, I might open that door when I have time, but I don't have time to do that right now. So the Holy Spirit can just, you know, wait and we'll get around to it. And I know that's, that's actually more of the North American way of doing things is, I'm doing things in my own timing and, you know, we'll get to Jesus and we'll get to the Holy Spirit when we get there. I don't have time for that right now because I've got a bunch of other things that we need to do. And that's closing off to the Holy Spirit and not allowing him to move in your life. And then the last door is the door of fear or the fear of failure. You close the door to the Holy Spirit because you don't want to get it wrong. So it's just better to keep that door closed. You don't want to open up that door and then potentially say, say your experience. Or um, this, this one I remember they were specifically talking about uh, when, when we're speaking words over each other. When, when you pray and ask, okay, God, do you have like a word or a picture for this other person? And we close the door when we're afraid of getting that word wrong. We're like, you know, not actually sure if I'm going to say the right thing or like if the word or picture that I give them is going to mean anything. So I'm just not going to do it. And we close that door because we're afraid to get that wrong. So this is an an end-all, be-all list. But these are all some common ways that people close the doors off to the Holy Spirit. And like I said earlier, I... I fell into the category of the who, of the who me factor. 
So we're going to take a couple minutes here, and I want everybody to spend some time in their own prayer and ask, Holy Spirit, ask God, what might be holding you back from actually encountering the Holy Spirit? It could be one of these doors. It could be something completely different. So take some time right now in prayer, and then I'll come back up and lead us through the breaking agreement prayer. So some of you might have just gotten something from from Jesus saying, this is something that you actually need to break agreement with or hand over. Or maybe as I was talking earlier, as I was listening off those doors, you might have, it might have clicked with you of, yeah, that's a door that I've closed that I need to open. Uh, so I'm just going to read out this prayer. And uh, as I say it, just to yourself in your head, um, repeat it. And then there's going to be sections that are just kind of blank, and I'll list off a couple things. And just insert your what it is for you in that space. So let's, let's pray through this. So in the name of Jesus, I break every agreement that I have made with either unbelief, unrepented sin, things I've said against you, a hardened heart, fear, lack of trust, unforgiveness, busyness. I command these things out of my thoughts and emotions, out of my actions and reactions, away from how I see myself and others and out of my future. Jesus, I ask that you would take this far away from me. What do you have for me instead? So we're just going to sit for just another second here and see if the Holy Spirit might respond. Holy Spirit, each of us want to encounter you. Each of us want to experience you in new and fresh ways. So Holy Spirit, if there's anything that is blocking any of us, I just pray that you would come and reveal that to us if you haven't already. And for those who have broken agreement, Holy Spirit, we just invite you in now. We invite you to show us what next steps we might have to having a more full and rich experience with you. Yeah, Jesus, if there's anybody who still isn't, isn't sure about um, if there's anything blocking them from, from experience you, experiencing you and want to experience you, Jesus, we just pray that you would come and be with them, come and show up. And if there is anything preventing that, Jesus, please come and reveal that to them. Yeah, in your name we pray, amen. So yeah, each of us want to encounter Holy Spirit. Each of us want to be able to hear his voice and hear his movement. So as, we, as you guys go throughout the week, just continue to look for those spaces where you might actually subconsciously be thinking of ways that you're preventing the Holy Spirit or subconsciously suppressing the Holy Spirit's work in your life. That could be a call to go pray for somebody or somebody's popping up in your head and you're not sure why. It could just be the Holy Spirit prompting, prompting you to do something with that. So yeah. Go, go in peace this week and continue to look for more of the Holy Spirit in your own life. You are dismissed.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you'd like more information about us or find out ways to contact us, visit our website at www.beaverlodgealliancechurch.com. We pray today that you would experience the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ and then make him known.